This is some good ass pot. I like this. I'm going to edit this so that it sounds <laughs> Wallace and the listener will never know. No clue. Hello, everybody. This is Tofrey Gator, and I am joined by Hammersuit and Zlatan Diego. How are you fellas feeling today? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm uh, pretty good. Recovering from this weekend. I heard this game knocked down your ass. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Spent most of yesterday comatose, but feeling better today. And, you know, I've got some thoughts here. I've got some thoughts from this championship game. You guys just want to dive right into it? I think... I think it's time. Let's just do it. All right. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm not much of one for moral victories generally, but, um, you know, I I feel generally positive about this game. Yeah. was closer than I think most of us were expecting, and I think we played the best team in the country this year and gave them about all they could handle. This is like a, like a barometer game for me. It's not... I don't. I don't know if any of us actually expected to win. Um, I think we all we all had the hope, but that that win likelihood is pretty low. Bama is a rolling juggernaut, full of insane talent, full of a process, and it has worked for years and years and years. So, yeah, um, you, I mean, it was pretty clear from the game that we have a ways to go to get closer to that level. But it was also clear from the game that hey, you know, maybe maybe we're getting there. I mean, this is not something that we would have had the capability of doing back. I mean, we didn't under uh, Jim McElwain or Will Muschamp. It's just, it was not possible under those coaches to do what we just did. So it's, um, it's really nice being able to do that and to be in the game right until the end. Even if um, again, I mean, it was pretty clear. We were, we were kind of a step back and started, I mean, we were pulling that whole underdog trying to snatch that victory away from them kind of thing. But uh, yeah, so it's not something that, that I'm like super happy about losing, but I am happy that we showed up. It tells me, okay, we are at least still heading in the right direction. Yeah. No, I mean like that was probably one of the best games I've seen in quite some time. It reminded me of the LSU game last year where we were just not, just, just not good enough. You know, we're good, but not good enough. And I was really impressed to see our team come out and fight like that because I is either that, or they were just going to be detached and get run over, you know? Um, especially after the LSU loss, which I'm sure probably, you know, demoralized the team a little bit. And I don't know, I'm, I'm not, like you guys said, uh, moral victories are not something that you like to say, but it came to me that it looks like, at least from what I said last time we did the pod, that I don't think this staff knows how to motivate people. Maybe I was wrong because that team came out and they shouldn't like, especially with the Alabama scoring right before halftime, like that's kind of fucking hurt, you know? It's like, the fact they kept coming back, they kept coming back, they kept coming back, and we're literally an onside kick away from winning. I mean, like, we got that onside kick. I do think we win the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm really proud of what they were able to do. And the fact that all these other coaches now are like ranking us really high even after that loss. Like, and I watched um Dan Mullen's presser, like he he seemed pretty, you know, like spent. It's like he put probably so much effort into just trying to win that game. And then when you go and watch Nick Saban's presser and he has nothing but amazing things to say about our team, talking about how like he was like, listen, we almost lost, you know, like, and 
and he doesn't say that often. Like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, a lot of times he'll praise teams who they beat, but he rarely goes out of the way saying like how great they were, you know, like, so that, that's just what I, I kind of think. I think Florida fans need to hold their he- their heads high. I think the Florida Gators need to hold their head high and just realize that, you know, maybe we're not entirely there yet, but we might be right on the right path. I have a question for both of you. Do you think that this Alabama team we just played is worse, better, or the same as that LSU team from last I don't think they're as good. Yeah. Uh, I think they are similarly complete on offense, but I think that LSU team was better defensively. Okay. That's that's how I feel about it. And and maybe maybe I'm just forgetting, I guess, but I I almost thought that this team was better. And again, it just could be this short term memory, but damn, I mean, that whole that whole offense, the uh the offensive line was just insane. I mean, we couldn't we couldn't do anything against that. We had we had one player who was able to actually even make a dent in that, and that was Brenton Cox, and he was coming from the left side, so he's just going against the right tackle. And they basically just played around that entirely. They're like, okay, you know what? We'll, we'll let him do his stuff. We'll let him dominate. And uh, if he gets through, then, I mean, Mac Jones is right in his line of sight. He'll just get rid of it. And um, the the defense, I always thought LSU's defense last year wasn't that good. And uh, they had a few players. And I just thought this one is kind of similar. So, yeah, it's probably just recency bias. Uh, the the quarterback for LSU is obviously way better. But I thought that the um, the skill players we were going against, especially that fucking running back, holy shit. Um, I thought they were actually a little bit better than what LSU had last year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, they're definitely, I, I mean, like, ultimately it's splitting hairs once you get to that level. I think that we played the best team in the country two years in a row. And I think that we played well, but, and I think we, we closed the gap. We closed the gap by a touchdown. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, the question remains if if we can take that next step forward. And and that's the whole reason I ask. In, in, in the end, in the end, obviously, two fantastic teams. And I thought that we played this one better than we did last year against Ellis. Interestingly enough, we probably had a similar amount of stops. Um, believe it or not, yeah, uh, yeah. I still don't think last year's. I think last year's defense was probably a little bit overrated compared to what we had thought. And that's just showing up this year. But uh, yeah, the um, we actually we had a good number of uh, breaks go against us. And we still were in the game. And I thought that was good. I thought LSU last year, we had a lot of really good breaks. I mean, they weren't calling penalties they might have called, but it's not like we had these unlucky fumbles or the the pick that turns into a fumble or anything like that. I thought this game had more. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased with, with that. Again, it's just improvement. And, again, we'll have to take another big, giant step with uh, depth up in the trenches and maybe some linebackers. This game does feel similar to that LSU game in that uh, it's one of those games that I guess on paper it was probably a pretty long game, I guess. But like in the moment when I was watching, it did not feel like it. It felt like one of those games that goes by in a flash. And it's just like every time I look up, we're like halfway through another quarter. It's I don't know. It's it's a weird thing that happens in big games like that sometimes. Um, Especially playing from behind. <laughs> that, yeah. That really <laughs> yeah. up. The time just bleeds away very quickly. Oh God, there's nothing left. My, my initial takeaway as soon as that game was over was I was frustrated at that last sequence where we burned the timeout on the extra point try or the two point try, which was the correct call. I mean, that's you go for two there. I completely agree with that. Um, but I, I rewatched quite a bit of it. Uh, shout out Libgator 
for putting together the condensed version. Um, thank you for your work on that. It's uh, a resource to us all that we appreciate very much. And um, my what what sticks with me more so is the inability to get off the field in the first half. That's really, I mean, that was the undoing because you can't you can't go in at halftime down whatever the score was, um, you know, multiple scores to Alabama, and realistically ha- have a, a good chance of digging out even with as good of a third quarter as we had. I mean, it's exactly what I, I think a few of us were probably saying saying this, but it's exactly what we expected to on the defense. I mean, Alabama was what five for five on their drives with the one. Well, technically the, five for six. The one, <laughs> the one caveat being the interception that was flipped around gave them a free first down. Right. Uh, but again, um, and I know, I know I said this, and again, I think I've read this a few times from numerous sources, but I don't think anybody expected our defense to stop them. Nobody, nobody had that magical dream that Grantham was going to just turn this into this world beater defense that could actually stop the Alabama attack. We needed to steal plays when we could um, have a tip ball here and there that goes to us again, not a single tip ball went our way, by the way, which really did suck. And there were, there were a good number of tips. Yeah. Um, and then get a pick when you can, we had the pick, we dropped it. So that was, uh, Honestly, when that happened, I was like, okay, well, that was our chance. We just lost it. And I'm still, I'm amazed that we had that and still were in it. That's pretty impressive in itself. But yeah, that's what we needed. I struggle having watched that game with how many people had the takeaway that Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Kyle Trask. Um, I guess if you just look at the stat sheet, I understand how you could come away with that idea. But man, watching that game, friend of the show external tangents uh drew a comparison to troy smith um that like if you get pressure on jones that guy is going to crumble and i mean i i think that's going to be the key for anybody who hopes to beat that bama team um i don't know if that would be enough to beat them i don't know it's frustrating it's frustrating the narratives about trask and about the heisman that have come out from that game it is it is kind of crazy to me how people get that it's people who in my mind don't really know football it's i mean look i'm not saying mac jones is a bad quarterback by any means but all if you even if you're looking at stats like every one of his touchdowns was this easy wide open walk-in touchdown and yeah he hit the guy but he didn't make a single i mean i think he made some uh maybe on the back half of the field or something, but he wasn't making these tight window throws. He wasn't doing these back shoulder things. He wasn't having to, to time routes to throw it before the guy makes a break. Like the guy made his break, Devonte Smith running wide open, Najee Harris running wide open and he hits him. And then the player does the rest of it. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like a knock on the guy for hitting those passes, but Kyle Trask was out there. I mean, he's hitting guys before breaks. He was throwing it before they were open and he was throwing them open. And, uh, just he was he was showing off all of these amazing skills and honestly, um, I I had I had watched some Mac Jones before this. I'm thinking I'm pretty confident actually that Trask gets drafted ahead of Mac Jones based on that. Yeah, game. yeah, I agree. Um, and I I think it's actually defensible the idea of giving the Heisman to Najee Harris or Devonta Smith because those guys are they're unstoppable. I mean, those are, those are the two best players at their position in the country right now. I think Mac Jones is going to come back next year. You think he's going to come back next year? Mm-hmm. Who? Mac Jones. He might. I could see it. Um, but I'm, I'm more frustrated with the, 
I'm going to be really upset if they give it to Mac Jones. I'll be less upset if they give it to one of the skill position guys, but I am frustrated that the narrative has emerged this year when like finally after 15 years of wandering the wilderness, we finally have a quarterback who's not just good, but is like statistically dominant on a national level in key categories and is putting together a similar year to the guy who was a runaway Heisman trophy winner last year. And now the national narrative is, well, I can't believe that this award is just a popularity award for the quarterback with the best statistics. Like this is the year that we're going to do this. Really? (laughs) Great. Thanks. Well, like I was saying this on the discord earlier too, like the Heisman is so weird. Like you can never really, you can never really put like, what they're going to think about. Like it's either going to be, Oh, it's the flashiest player in college football, like Lamar Jackson, or it's the best player on the best team. You know, like you never, you never know what they're going to do. And it gets kind of annoying because you have this really good player who's a couple plays away from being probably in the playoffs, but he's statistically having the best season out of any quarterback this year. And now like ESPN's not even advertising him as like a finalist. They're like, Oh no, like this guy's not going to be anywhere in there. It's like the fuck. Like, I don't understand. Like the guys, the guys who get left out with the amazing statistics, especially quarterbacks are usually the ones who play for like Hawaii and Texas tech under Mike Leach. Like those are the right. guys that I think of when you yeah. think uh, like not, not a player at Florida who just played a full SEC schedule. So that's insane to me. It's just insane. And it's kind of frustrating. And I think part of it might be, uh, this could be a result of the playoff right here where, okay, now we're not really focusing as much on, okay, who are the 10, 15, 20 dominant teams who put out a ton of money and play these really tough schedules and yada, yada, yada. It's okay. Who are the four or five teams that make the playoffs every year and are loaded with five stars? Those are the ones we're going to focus on. That's how it feels to me. I agree. It's the sport is, is becoming hyper-focused on the playoff to the point that it's, even as I mean, it was nice this year being at least included in those conversations until, you know, this last couple of weeks. But like it, it's it's frustrating for, you know, the other 125 teams in the country. They might as well not be participating. The The playoff is becoming where it's going to be three of the top five most talented teams. And then like, you know, pick one of the other top 10 most talented teams. And that's it. Every, Every year. year it's going to be one blowout. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it's turning into. I guess it's good to include that third team. But yeah, it's uh, and honestly, if a person who's like a G5 fans listening to this, they're like, oh, fucking cry me a river. We've been saying this for years. Yeah. So basically, it's just after being whittled down to the top, again, 15 or 20 teams. Now we're kind of knocked out of it because we're not in that top four or five teams. And um, yeah, it's frustrating. It's uh, it, it is kind of crazy. And, and if um if we had beaten LSU and or if Trask had let a comeback, even if he had worse stats than Mac Jones, if he had led that comeback, I do think that he'd be in the running and actually being treated like he was in the running by the media. But um, yeah, this is just kind of the world we're in right now where he might not even get invited at this point. Other thoughts from the championship game. Um, As disappointing as that first half was defensively, um, the second half was significantly better. Um, we went out and got some stops. And one of the funny narratives that I've heard, um, (laughs) from some Bama fans is that like, oh, well, this game was never really in danger for us. And, you know, it's, if we really needed to, we could have put the pedal to the floor in that second half and, and we could have really blown these people out. And it's like, 
I, I don't know what game they were watching because like we we legitimately we we went we went out and got the stops that we should have gotten in the first half if we'd been able to not shoot ourselves in the foot on every third down. Um, I, I mean, I I feel like this was the most complete performance that we've had as a team um, all year long. Yeah, it really was on defense. Uh, you said it's a team, but the it it was complete on defense outside of again just the the mental errors like we even had plays drawn up to stop the third downs we just kept kind of screwing it up for one reason or another every way possible basically yeah i don't know what those bama fans are thinking because i do i do agree with the mindset that uh if i'm trying to remember how it actually went down at the end if it was a one score game earlier i do think that bama would have tried to actually get the first down rather than, you know, giving us the ball back. Right. Uh, so yeah. I mean, there's, there's that. Um, but yeah, we were, we were there. They couldn't stop us and uh, yeah. they knew they couldn't stop us. So it's not like, do you really think that Nick Saban coaching extraordinaire who doesn't fuck up these kinds of things would take the pedal off the metal, knowing that his defense, the one thing he, he coaches is unable to stop the offense. Like, I don't believe that for a second. Whereas I do believe that Mullen would do it against Georgia, which is its own side subject, but whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point too. Um, That's regarding that last possession. Um, That's why I felt a little bit better about the, uh, the gaff that, that Mullen acknowledged about taking that time out is that if they really needed to there, Bama probably could have gotten a first down. They could have at least tried. If they had thrown um, it, and honestly, if they had thrown it, like it's not a fifty percent chance of first first down. It's probably like an eighty or ninety percent chance that they get it too, in my mind. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. Not guaranteed, but probably could have happened. Um, okay, uh, you, I don't. You, you reminded me uh, those penalties, man. I'm trying to remember how they went down. I was uh, I was trying to get drunk before halftime <laughs> <laughs> because I saw how the game was going, and then I just kept feeling like we were scratching our way back and i was like well i want to be sober enough to understand what the hell's going on so i stopped but um i'm kind of blanking on how they went down but i remember i was really frustrated with some of those penalties they called not that not that they weren't penalties either just frustrated that they happened there were some gator fans who were frustrated at and and i was among them at the penalties that weren't getting called on bama um their obvious false starts that weren't being called oh my god uh, against dickerson for moving his helmet and against and, and the damn announcers are laughing about it you're like oh look there's dickerson doing his thing again ha, ha, ha. i'm not saying a damn thing about this is a yeah. false start this is a false start <laughs> like fucking acknowledge that this is not okay man i like I, i'm not excited about these games going over from cbs to espn i'm not excited for even more of a stranglehold on the sport from espn because their broadcasts also suck but man I am so fucking tired of hearing Gary. I hate that guy so much. I, I I pray to God that we can just not ever have to hear him call another Gator game. That would be ideal. Um, I get tired by ESPN. Yeah, I know. I don't want to oh, like. Man. I don't want to put that possibility out there. That's all I've been thinking this whole time. Sorry, I put it out there. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. Hopefully, I just willed it into not happening. Like. Uh, Ah, maybe it was a different game. I'm I'm blanking on it. They're talking about like, oh, remember when we jinxed that one field goal? Well, here I go again. And that that might be myself. Either way. 
move along. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely sick of him. And there's some there's some guys on ESPN that I've actually enjoyed to an extent. Uh, granted, the more that they talk, the probably the more I'll get frustrated with them as they settle into their comfortable uh, colloquialism roles and just you know shooting the the normal Bama loving shit. But until then, yeah, it it could be nice. They're gonna put Greg McElroy on the A team. What do you think about uh, Jordan Rogers? He's making that move or trying to. It seems like. he's okay. I don't know. Like, there's so few that are actually good. Um, I actually like. <laughs> do you want me? Do you want me to just like dig in on the Jordan Rogers thing and go like into the whole James D. Virgilio thing there? <laughs> I think I think you've brought it up, so we might as well just see where you're taking this. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, uh, I mean, other than like Herb Street at this point, as far as color analysts go, there's very few who I actually don't hate and just put on mute most of the time. Like I'm struggling to think of other ones who are actually good. Yeah, I guess the bad ones stand out more. So it's harder to pick out the really like, like I don't expect them to be perfect. I don't even care if they mispronounce names. That bothers me less than them not acknowledging clear issues from either side so the uh the one that stood out to me from this game was um gary talking on that that play where trask tried to dive into the end zone and got spun around up in the air it it was like the third or fourth time they watched the replay and he has this revelation oh look he spun i didn't even i didn't even see that he spun (laughs) like that it's like oh my god this is like the fourth time you've watched the play this is literally your job He's so busy watching at? watching those Alabama defensive ends. He's like, oh, man, look at that big boy. He's just in there, you know, getting down to 30. I love that. Oh, their cornerback blocking the wide receiver. Oh, he's shutting that Licking block. This is yeah, this is good shit. Uh, what happened again? Where's the ball? But, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, this it was a badly officiated game on both sides. I think that we got away with. Um, I think that one fumble by Tony was – Oh, I am shocked they did not overturn that. I would have overturned it myself. Yeah, I don't know what they were looking at. <laughs> and but. I wanted the makeup call for the prior one that they overturned they shouldn't have. And I yeah, there's some Alabama touchdown they get. Again, Alabama would have scored anyway, so whatever. Right. Uh so we actually won that that makeup call battle. But that was definitely a fumble. And side note, we're gonna have to really work on these fumble issues. Like yeah. that has been a problem this year. I don't know if it's the players. I know Trask has a little bit of an issue with it. Um, Malik Davis has shown he has an issue with it. It's become a thing for him, but yeah, we're I I don't know if that's just something we can work on the off season or hope that we have players that are better about it, but that's cost us this year significantly. In fact, every single loss included at least one big fumble at a horribly key spot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it is, it's kind of surprising because it seems like Mullen is very much of a like ball security guy. I don't remember his teams being sloppy with the football very often at Mississippi State. Yeah, so I, it is surprising that he he would work on it. I think he does work on it. So maybe that's just like a, this off season thing. Or again, maybe these are all Mac guys that are having this issue. So maybe that's the, yeah. So I don't I don't know I don't have I'm trying to think of what else I have about this game. Uh, obviously, as you had mentioned or alluded to earlier, Devontae Smith and Najee Harris are insane players. Both both deserving of lots of postseason awards and recognition just incredible Uh, we are i want to say we're lucky but they scored every time anyways but we are can you imagine having Devontae smith and jalen waddle out there 
Oh yeah. As it Good was, had Marco on Devante little too much, but that would have guaranteed that he was on them. And, and um, yeah, I, yeah, we, we dodged the bullet there. Like the rest of their, the rest of their weapons are good, but not nearly on that level that those two are at. And if you add in Waddle, we have, we had zero answer for that. Yep. For sure. Uh, I don't think I've got anything else on this game. Um, hammer, you got anything else? Um, no, I mean, I pretty much said what I think I needed to say. I guess we'll move on. Do we want to talk about players leaving? Do we want to save that for another time and move on to some other games? I feel like we're still in sort of an uncertain thing uh, as far as players leaving. Do you want to talk like, about uh, like like what we think could happen? Or again, yeah. we can we can hold off on that. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. I think that I think we're going to get a lot of announcements coming up in the near future. So maybe yeah. we can jump ahead of it and see if we can guess right on some of these things. So Pitt has opted out of the bowl game and um, it is going to enter the draft. As he um, should. X. Yep. Mm-hmm. Foregone conclusion. Good for mm-hmm. him. Go get paid. Yep. Get your money. Get your. He might. He might even be pushing for that top five pick. I don't he expect could. it, but it's. I mean, it wouldn't be crazy. <sighs> yeah, it's gonna be very difficult. I think for an NFL team to justify, no matter how good he is, a top five pick on a tight end. But if they're, it probably goes in his favor now so more than maybe have in the couple last couple of years because you have guys like. Kelsey and Kittle and Gronkowski who have just dominated yeah. the, know, game's, like, the game's changed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so he's got a better chance now than I would say any of those guys ever did. Um, but even then I still, there's some I'll really good players not, he's taken in the yeah. top 10 too many quarterbacks. Yeah. Quarterbacks. And um, you know, you still got Jamar chase out there. He's probably going to be pushing for top five. Um, feels like there's a couple of other receivers that teams would be looking at if they were really looking for uh, a weapon for the passing game. The, uh, the, the I'll just say one more thing on this that that I brought up in the Discord before. I can't even remember who I brought it up to, but who was in the Super Bowl last year? Uh, last year? The, yeah. I don't remember. I didn't watch it. So Chiefs and 49ers? Is that right? Yeah. Chiefs and 49ers. Yeah. Sounds right. Yep. Who are their tight ends? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Best, best two tight ends? Both took their teams to the Super Bowl. Take it for what it's worth. <laughs> if you're smart in the NFL, you might want to think about that. <laughs> well said. Um, yeah, so uh, so he's out. What about Tony? Do we think he opts out before the bowl game? I don't know. He he could be a guy that maybe plays like the first half if he does come, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe like, you know, play on the first drive, get a couple extra catches to... You know, and I mean, he doesn't really have anything more to prove, in my opinion. But I just think he just—I don't know. I don't think he or Trask opt out personally. I think maybe Grimes might. Yeah, I could see that. But I just—I just feel like Trask and Tony are kind of low-key. Those like those captain guys that are just like, listen, we're going to play this bowl game, even if it's just the first half. We're going to play. You know, um, Tony is at like nine hundred and eighty something yards for the season. Correct. Oh, is he? Is that accurate? I think he is. So, do both stats count towards? Yeah, yeah, they do now. They oh, didn't yeah. used to. Yeah, so he might play just for that reason. Yeah, I mean that would be a that'd be a good reason. Yeah, he he really doesn't have anything to prove. I wouldn't be surprised if he sat out. And he's had some injury issues in the past, not major ones, but enough that maybe he wouldn't want to risk screwing himself up in the combine or something. So, but yeah, maybe he'll come out and play a half. I'd like that. That'd be cool. Let Oklahoma chase them around, show how good their defense really is. I would be very surprised if Trask opted out. 
yeah. uh, before the ball game. <laughs> the guy who sat for, you know, 15 years or whatever as a second yeah. right back. Yeah. Uh, that would be definitely surprising. And it's, I mean, it's possible, but. I would put the chances of him at like maybe 7%, but 7% could see him coming back too. That's what's kind of crazy about Trask. Is that How did you get to 7%? That's just the number that came to the top of my head. Um, I just, I don't know. <laughs> this is months of analytics coming into play. A lot, a lot of data factored into that. I, I don't think he does at all. And I'm not even expecting him to. But it'd be one of those things if he did do it, i go, okay, well, that's not really that surprising. Like, he's the only one, though. Um, yeah. I think, I don't think he will because Pitts is gone. Tony's gone, for sure. Grimes is gone. So it wouldn't necessarily make sense unless he's convinced and the coaching staff are convinced that we have another shot next year. If he came back, then maybe he would. Yeah. The only reason I could see him coming back is to win a title because, yeah. and, and I mean, yeah, he could also improve his draft stock. Like there's no way in hell that he gets drafted ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Maybe if he keeps upping his game and there's no good quarterbacks that are his, like, have crazy arms, maybe he can get higher, a higher draft pick, but his draft stock is pretty much peaked. Like yeah, I, I think he's where I, th- I do think he's where he's at. He would have yeah. to just find a weak quarterback class to get drafted higher than yeah. where he's at now. Here, here are three guys who I think are pretty much guaranteed out, and I'm I think one of them might have already announced it: uh, Steiner, Stewart, and Marco Wilson. I think all three are gone. What do you think? Yay! Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I I could see that. Um, I'm gonna feel like it would be mutual. <laughs> like everybody's like, yeah, let's just part ways. Yeah, I, I have to imagine Steiner would transfer out, uh, kind of get some like Kylan Johnson vibes there where he could go and play a big role for a lower level P5 team. Um, so Marco, do you think he goes, he enters the draft? I I think he would. I don't I don't think he'd go to another. Yeah, Marco Wilson's going to be the kind of guy, I think he's, he's going to try to go into the draft. He's going to try to work out... Um, he might impress at the combine with combine workouts. You know, he's um, he's got the athleticism for sure to be impressive there. And, you know, if I just, I don't, if he does get drafted, which that's not out of the realm of possibility, he has, has shown a lot of potential in the past. So I'm sure there's probably a defensive backs coach somewhere in the NFL going, I can make that guy serviceable. I'm sure there's some of them. Um, I expect him to be a later round pick if he does go for sure. I don't expect him to go anywhere. Maybe like fifth round at best. The one guy that would be interesting would be uh, Brad Stewart. He actually had a pretty good game uh, this past game. He was everywhere. We, we used him and we counted on him and it was like, uh, he's the kind of guy who has maybe one out of every four games played to his potential. Like he was rated pretty highly coming out of high school. And then another one or two out of every four games he's been suspended and then the other ones he sucked yeah it's uh but we had really good store this game i thought i thought he actually played well he did he did play very well i can see don steiner transferring to uh ucf to go play for uh shannon oh yeah i i think steiner's gone whether and, and transfer might be in his best interest maybe he's just ready to graduate and go get some money he's not gonna get any money but yeah well maybe not i'm not saying for football just like go get actually like a job oh like a job yeah yeah like, that makes sense yeah money money you know like the rest of us i guess what zach carter probably okay let's let's, let's get into these guys so the de- defensive line uh we have we have campbell and slayton i think are both gone yeah i think 
Uh, mm-hmm. It would be insane if they came back, and I'd like them to. I'd like them to come back, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. I don't want to spoil too much because I will have a like a complete breakdown once everyone kind of declares. But as far as I'm aware, Slayton is probably a second round pick. Um, yeah, he 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 is. He set it he up is, this year. He is. Like he he's the Kadir, like I said, he's Kadarius Tony of the defense in terms of stepped up with low expectations and has definitely impressed. And he's been probably the best defensive player on our team all season, in my opinion, just overall. Throughout the whole course of the season. Maybe not per game, but just consistently over the whole season. He's just been a really good anchor in that defensive line. And I'm really impressed by what he did. And a lot of the NFL teams have taken notice. He's big, he's strong, he still has a lot of potential. So he's gonna be a high pick. I, I would be genuinely shocked if he came back to be honest so to to and i would agree with all that but but to answer your question about carter because he's more of an interesting player so i wanted to get the the sure things out of the way first um i think he's a little more split i think he would like to go and i think he's shown enough to go but he's probably in just my guess and hammer can add some more to this i think he's he's more in that tweener situation where it's like okay maybe he could go but he probably could improve his stock a good bit. And uh, I think there's a chance he comes back a small one, probably less than 50%, but I think there's a chance. I would say less than 20% that he comes back. Yeah. I'd be closer to the 20% range, but yeah, I I probably should downplay it a little more than that. I would be very, very surprised if he came back because I believe early on, he was one of the guys who was looking at opting out of this season altogether. Um, And I guess you could say, you know, maybe he didn't play up to. I, I kind of had expected him to take a, a step further forward and be more of an impact player than he was. Um, but I don't know if he did anything to hurt his draft stock this year. Um, so I, I'm just based on what I had heard uh, during the off season. I would be very surprised if he came back. So the the real question would be. Would you say there is a a 50-50 chance that we get one of Zach Carter or Brenton Cox to return? Yes. You would say there's a more than 50-50 chance? Yeah. Do you think we have better than 50% chance to get one of those guys back at least? I think one of them's coming back. I would put it right at 50 So all season, and I know I, I mean I know he came in wanting this and thinking this. Uh, Brenton Cox has wanted to go pro. But uh, the latest that I've read say, is saying that he might be considering coming back. Interesting. Which would be very huge for our defense, like monstrous for our defense, if he did. Yeah. Like Cox will get drafted, and he'll get drafted decently too. Um, but I think he should come back. I really do. Because if he comes back next year and takes another year progression forward that we expect him to do and has an even better season next year, like then he could easily catapult himself into the top couple rounds range. Like right now, I put him at best – third round and at worst fifth round. So he he'll be drafted in my opinion. He's got way too much potential and, and an amazing skill set to not be. Um, but it just depends on how high he wants to go and how much money he wants to possibly make. Because let's be honest, like a lot of times if you're mid to late round picks, you're not really given as much of a chance to play as other guys are, um, you know, second round picks, third round picks. I'm not cause first round, whatever, but like second and third round picks are given a little bit more leeway sometimes but once you start going later in the draft if you're not really showing a whole lot of potential they're going to cut you pretty quickly yeah so the um obviously defensive line 
is is this huge question mark for us next year. We're going to be hitting the portal regardless. But getting a guy like Carter back would be monstrous for this. I, I would love to see Slade or Campbell come back. I don't see that happening. Um, getting Cox back, again, I think that would be just as monstrous. So those would be the two players who I think are a little more on the fence than I expected before. And that's not saying that they're even likely to come back. I think I'm, I'm with Toth that it's probably closer to this you know, 25% chance that Carter comes back. But um, getting one or even both of those guys, flip that. But yeah, getting getting either one of those guys would be huge. Yeah, agreed. All right. the uh, Now let's go on to some, some other guys that I've heard names of. Uh, what do you think about, let's just jump right to it, DeLance coming back. I hope not. It seems likely. Yeah, I I don't know what his goals are. I, I imagine he, he's got to be graduated or close to graduated at this point. Um, yeah, he transferred a bunch, and I'm sure that he's he's gotten credits and all that. He's, I think he, he is a fifth-year senior this this year that yeah. he's playing, so he'd be the sixth-year senior. He'd be the, the extra COVID player. I think if he comes back, he's at risk of losing his job, and he's probably aware of that, so... I don't really see it. Yeah, I I would say probably less than 50% chance that he comes back. Yeah, if anyone comes back on the offensive line, the two primary candidates I would think would come back would be Reese and Heggie. Reese is another that is uh, rumored to be coming back. Heggie is rumored to be gone, but he could. Yeah. Yeah, I mean out of the, out of the, out of the three that you mentioned there cuz I don't Stone Forsyth is probably a second or third round pick next year. I'm uh, in, in the draft. So, which, by the way, like <laughs> is, is from the outset of the season, that is fucking crazy. Like, right. we thought that he was going to be one of the major weak points of the line. The, the the transformation that he's gone through over the last couple of years is incredible. It's weird because I mean, everybody hated on him last year, and I just I I remember thinking, you know, he's not good, but he's not this huge liability like I see elsewhere on the line like the right side of the line last year was the one giving up these crazy plays repeatedly yeah then i don't know if we have a player on the team that's made a bigger jump forward than he has and that's including tony who has been well documented in this foresight looks like one of the best tackles in the country and he's not he's not some guy that you uh you you know you draft as a pillar of your offensive line and you know have for 15 years as your your go-to guy like uh like a joe thomas but he's a solid player and he can plug in and start pretty quickly and be consistent i'm 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 shocked by that yeah i think he i think he'd be better as like a right tackle in the nfl wish wish he could have played right tackle this year yeah i think he'd be better at right tackle but he's he he has everything that NFL scouts want. He's big, like he's six foot seven, six foot eight. Um, you know he he's got good weight, um, and he, and he and he has shown progression. Like that's the thing is like if you're just consistent over time, that's great, that's great. But he's shown the progression over his career at Florida, and yeah, like he's he's gonna get drafted pretty high. Um, so I really I really I don't know if anyone if I'd really want anyone from our offensive line to come back, that's realistic. But if I do, it'd probably be Heggie or Reese. I'd, I'd rather DeLance just walk. Even if our, even if the backup isn't as good, I'd rather roll with someone who has the potential to be better versus someone who's kind of hit their ceiling at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen the ceiling. We've seen mm-hmm. what it is. I've seen enough. I'm ready to be done. Whereas Heggie and Reese are serviceable enough that you can move them both inside and we'll be okay. Like as like a transition, 
next year. Cause I'm going to be honest, our, our depth behind the projected starting five next season is absolutely terrifying. And you know, <laughs> like I, you don't really play true freshmen often. And there's a chance we're gonna have a lot of true and redshirt freshmen rotating in heavily next season. So I, I wouldn't mind if a couple guys came back or we went to the portal to get a veteran guy just to pencil in him somewhere. You know, is it, is it that much different than this year though? Like we don't really have much depth at all. And number I think number seven, the seventh guy up is a true freshman and eight and nine are both redshirt freshmen in a COVID year where they're basically almost like true freshmen because they didn't get an off season at all. It's just, it's a weird year. It is. And uh, it's, uh, we dodged so many bullets as far as potential injuries this year. If we lost an offensive lineman that like for extended periods, like two of them. Oh my God, that'd be devastating. Like you think you think Delance is bad, I mean, you start getting the guys behind him in there. Just right. see what just happens. Just imagine how bad those guys behind him. <laughs> like, yeah, we can handle one guy giving up the rush. You know, every three plays because Trask can see him. But what if two guys give it up? Yeah. What if they alternate when they get like? No, no, it's it's very bad and uh, scary to think about. It's like so. Assuming no one comes back on our offensive line, let's say no one comes back. You're looking at nine out of our 15 offensive linemen going into next season, including the fr- the all the freshmen that were technically in our signing class signing. Nine of the 15 are underclassmen, and that's counting Josh Braun. So it's that's that's what's scary to me because this year we don't have that issue. Like this year we have a lot of senior veteran leadership, and that's not like our offensive line was amazing, but it wasn't horrible either. Like I think what it was a slot you put they had like a top 30 offensive line this season. Um, according to some stats. Yeah. Yeah. That, I that mean, could be stretching it, but yeah, a lot of a time, a lot of times experience will get you a little bit further on offensive line than just pure talent. But ultimately in the day, if we start recruiting better talent, once those guys get more experience, then we won't have those issues anymore. Well, the, the talent that, that is returning is better. So the guys that are going to be stepping in are all more talented or all higher rated than the guys they're replacing. That is, that is happening. Um, interestingly enough, we might lose a four-star offensive lineman to the portal. There are probably a few portal players coming up. Uh, TJ Moore, I think he might be gone. I had I had projected him leaving because he just yeah. he's just never done anything. So never never made. I think he was a guy. You talk about uh, players that coaches take to boost their class rank class rankings. I think he was a guy Mac took at the very end of his class just to get his ranking up. Yep, he needs to go to Central Michigan to go hang out with Mac. He'd be great there. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, the offensive line, I think, will have some growing pains the next year. But I think we're getting close to uh, with the number that we're taking each year and with Hevesy actually able to, you know, kind of build the thing that he wants. I think it should get better. So there, there is that. But, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I do, I do think that we see one or two return, though. Uh, Reese and DeLance are the two likely ones that I've seen. Heggy would be big. I don't know if it'll happen. I don't know if he'd have as much of a spot, like obviously I think he'd have a spot, but it's uh, I don't think he'd be as needed as we would need an offensive tackle. Just my thoughts on it. Yeah. Like, like, like I'm just saying like if he came back, let's say Heggie and Reese came back, I would prefer them be the interior guards and we move Braun outside to right tackle. If Braun can move to right tackle, we're, we're in really good shape. I would love that. That's, that's optimal, optimal move right there. Like my, my my ideal offensive line at that point then would be left tackle either Garage or Tarkin, 
And then you got White at left guard. Maybe bring Heggie back at center. Put, you know, Reese at right guard and Braun at right tackle. And that's a solid offensive line that can run because we're going to probably have a running quarterback next year. Um, that can allow some of our really young guys to kind of still get a little bit more, you know, experience like rotating in. Cause like, assuming we don't play true freshmen as often as we'd like, cause like, I don't think Yusuf Murgabal or Murgabil, whatever his name is. I don't think he's as talented as Braun or white and that he'll be able to make an immediate impact day one. I don't think any of the freshmen offensive linemen we have. So you're looking at a, a situation where preferred walk on Mark Pitts is in the two deep on the offensive line. I think it's finally time for Griffin McDowell to make his mark. <laughs> he might be transferring yeah. out too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, it, it, I don't know if there's going to be a team in the country that has a bigger flip from passing to rushing or vice versa than we have next year. So it'll be uh, a complete entire revamp of the offense. But I've been told that Kyle Trask's numbers are just a result of this pass happy Dan Mullen run amok oh, air yeah. raid offense. He's a system player, guys. Yeah, Dan, Dan Mullen. He's uh, he's right up there with uh, Mike Leach and yeah. Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, and just he, quarterbacks. He studied that, at, yeah. at the at the feet of Mike Leach. He was <laughs> under his tutelage for years. He he sapped all of Mike Leach's power, which is why Leach is just struggling this year because Mullen took it all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that one fell flat. Okay, fine. <laughs> no, no, that was, no, it was good. It was good. Yeah, you don't I, have to, you don't, I don't know how to transition out of that into moving, something. Else. Moving on. Okay, so I think I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that matters uh, that's leaving. I think those are all the big names. Uh, oh, linebacker. Linebacker is the last spot we didn't cover. Uh, Venture Miller, James Houston. I think at least one of those comes back. I think both could. Hammer, you think they're going pro? Uh, Miller, Miller in particular. Maybe Miller. I I don't know if Houston comes back. Like, I think he might be a guy that looks at the portal as well just because... We just lost Pierre to the portal. I think Houston does stick around. I think Pierre went to the portal because of yeah. where he is in the death chart. I think yeah. that, like, worst case, we're going to rotate two and two linebackers or something. I don't... Those three, Miller, Houston, and Pierre, were kind of all fighting for the same role. And I think I think Pierre is the loser there. Like, gun to my head, I think Miller comes back. But he could be a guy that that if he gets a favorable draft grade, might say peace, you know, because um, it's a kind of it's a, it's a very weak class for inside linebackers. So, yeah, I don't or I, I do think he's going to come back. I don't think he's going to go into the draft because I just don't see him being he's gotten posterized in pass coverage too much um, to have a lot of draft stock, in my opinion. He's not like Ven- he's not like uh, who am I blanking on? Uh, who's that? Voshan. He's not like Voshan who has right. weird athleticism where people are like, yeah, I could work with that. Like it's yeah. Yeah, it's closer it's-, it's closer to David Reese than it is to Voshan Joseph. Yeah. So uh, one thing I want to address because I see a lot of people doing this. It's it's kind of annoying how people are so focused on trying to add a linebacker in this recruiting class. We already have multiple linebackers committed. Uh, some that can play inside, some that can't. Um, even if we don't have any that are surefire inside linebackers, which, I mean, you want one. We have a bunch of guys returning. Like, we only have so many spots, and we need defensive line worse than anything. Yeah. The uh, the linebackers we have, Diabate, Hopper, and Wingo, all really highly rated, all really young. And to this point, Diabate is obviously, I mean, he killed it, or compared, compared to other linebackers, he's, 
he dominated in the Alabama game uh, compared to our our other linebackers. A hopper shown some skills. I don't know why people are so dead set on trying to add a linebacker when we only have a few spots left. It's kind of yeah. weird to me, especially with Dewan Black coming in as a true sophomore or a redshirt sophomore. We kind of have a crowded linebacker room. I completely agree because I was I listened to some other Gator podcasts that I don't lis- listen to regularly last week um, to kind of get a, a variety of opinions on the recruiting class to this point. And that was one that got hit on a lot was the linebacker thing. And I had the same thought. I think that a lot of people are confusing a lack of development of the guys that are on our roster with a lack of talent. And I think we've got the talent. I mean, I we've infused talent there more than almost any other position since Mullen has been here. And I just, we just haven't done the work to develop those guys. Which is what concerns me a little bit about Christian Robinson is I think he's a really great recruiter. I'm just not entirely sure how good he really is at, at developing these guys. We'll get to see because, I mean, these guys are all redshirt freshmen. So, I mean, if they're yeah. coming out of the, in their second and third year and still, I mean, yeah, right now they're in their second and third year. If they're in their third and fourth year not doing it, then obviously this is an issue. I'm counting, yeah. even though I probably shouldn't, I'm going to count like the buck position as a linebacker just for the sake of this argument because they do stand up a lot and come from outside. But he doesn't coach that, right? He would, though, if they're going to stand up and, and be within his linebacker rotation. Like, But say he doesn't then Diabate has been the best linebacker, in my opinion, on the team overall. Would you guys disagree? Diabate's been the best. and Yeah, right. He's, he's already the best. So maybe that is Christian Robinson developing him, or maybe it's the fact that Diabate is just a stud, right? Because I'm not really seeing that with anybody else. Like, And it concerns me when you have guys like Miller and Houston and Bernie who have significant issues at certain points of the, of the, of the game. And they've all kind of peaked, like they've all hit their ceiling and they can't get passed up by guys like Hopper. Um, like Pierre couldn't get in there. Um, you know, I'm not going to count the true freshman, like Derek Wingo and everything, but like you got Chris Bogle, um, like fuck even leaving Lloyd Summerall. Like where are the, where are these guys at? I don't like, know. Well, what, so I, okay. What are they yeah. doing? Like, these are all high four star guys, with the exception of Pierre. And everyone forgets Pierre was when he was a true freshman. He played like four games and had some solid games. Um, it just it doesn't make sense to me why we have all this talent at linebacker and they're somehow not getting past these Mikael Wayne recruits. I, I guess I could see that uh, the Hopper thing. The, Hopper's the only one that really bothers me, and so it's hard for me to get too frustrated with one guy having that issue because Diabate has done it. Like he's he's jumped guys, so I mean that's he's shown what he can do. But I mean, who else? Like you, you said, uh, Derek Wingo is a true freshman, right there. The only other guy you said that um, that's this highly ranked player. Oh, you, you mentioned you mentioned Bogle. He's he's more of a defensive lineman. I think he's almost almost a defensive end uh, similar to Summerall. I think both those guys are kind of yeah. partial ends, partial bucks. So yeah. Summerall wasn't, wasn't highly regarded. Bogle is Bogle's a top 100 guy. He's a little, he's underwhelmed. Hopper a was a high pick. Hopper was a high guy. Hop, Hopper's the one guy who's really a, a highly rated guy. And um, like Diabate, both those, both Hopper and Diabate were guys that C Rob found early picked them as his guys and he got them. Mm-hmm. So when he does that, and, and I mean, they, they both jumped up in the rankings too. So you hope that they both come out and crush it. Um, it'll be interesting to see next year, but yeah, we have, uh, 
I think I think Diabate has one spot locked down pretty much is his. And then the other one, we can see if uh, Black can come in and steal it away or if Hopper can take that next step forward. I mean, it's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. plus Wingo will be in the mix too. Yep. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not it's, – it's just – I think the staff decided, hey, we're either going to go elite or not waste a spot. Uh, and I can understand wanting to spread out the position more because these guys are – we didn't really – we only got Wingo last year, I think, as the one linebacker. So only taking one over a two-year period is kind of not great, um, unless you count anybody in this class as a linebacker. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was clear. We went for like two or three just elite top 100 guys, and we just stopped after that. So I don't see an issue. I think people are making making something out of nothing. This discussion speaks to one of my major issues with this defensive staff is that we're trying to parse and figure out what position these guys are <laughs> playing. Yeah. And it's like – I don't know. It just, it feels so aimless in the way that this roster is put together defensively. It seems like there's just a desire to bring in talent and figure it out as you go, but I don't I, feel like that's been a, a good plan for us in, in practice. Well, it's like they have roles in mind too, but at the same time, again, it's just like, then you're, then you're questioning, okay, well, do we have enough numbers at each spot? Yeah, you have a role filled, but do we have the spots filled? So that is a little bit weird. Um, yeah, because I mean, I say chief borders and you're like, okay, well, that's an outside linebacker. Maybe he's a defensive end, uh, Donovan McMillan. Yeah, he's a safety, but is he a linebacker? Maybe. Jeremiah, Jeremiah Williams. Uh, he can play any linebacker spot. Maybe he's a, a defensive end. I don't know. He's going to be something though. It's, um, I'm just really excited. We finally have a guy on the team named Scooby. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. But yeah, basically the only defensive player in our entire class right now, I think we have two that have a surefire position. And that's Desmond Watson, who's 400 pounds. So he's only got one spot he can play. And then <laughs> Jason Marshall, who's a five-star cornerback. Everybody else is like, yeah, you're kind of up in the air. Like, I think I know where you're going to go. And a couple like have probable places, but the ones I just named, they're all like, you know, 50, 50 at best, 30, 30, 30, maybe 20, 20, 20, 20, whatever it is where they can play six different spots. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did, did we figure just, out what position he's playing <laughs> I'm, just, I'm still hung up on desmond watson that's what you, that's what you sounded like when you're breathing into the microphone earlier hammer you sounded like desmond, watson. <laughs> desmond watson trying to decide what he's going to get at mcdonald's uh by the way i love desmond watson like don't mean to don't mean to knock him but i think it's pretty clear that he is he is a nose tackle through and through that is uh that is a spot which we need yeah it's nice to have that set like if we're gonna set one position, it better be that. All right, I think I think that's is that I think we've covered all the yeah players. pretty much. And that's the the possibilities right now. It's like we'll we'll see who enters the portal, we'll see who we add, and we'll see or not who we add who um who else declares, and then we can determine who we want to add from the portal. Then so should be interesting. I guess Cope is gonna stick around. Oh uh, yeah, he'll, he'll despite, stay. despite the things that we were speculating mid season. <laughs> um, who knows. Dude's dramatic. Yeah. Dude is really dramatic. Spends way was, too much time on Instagram and rapping. the football when it hits him in the chest as he was at being a you know B-list actor, he'd be like the best wide receiver of all time. I think it's time. I think it's time to start our co-paid. I'm going to start right now. Uh, he was a huge letdown in this game. I, I had said that I needed to see zero drops. And, of course, we threw the ball to him in any time that there's a Bama player anywhere near him, which there guess what? There was because Alabama's good. He dropped it. 
Yeah. He doesn't catch 50-50 balls. He doesn't catch 60-40 balls, balls. Like, if there's a guy in his face, he doesn't catch it. I want to I wanna shout out that I thought that Grimes had the best touchdown catch of the entire game. Oh, his is insane. That sideline catch. That was, first of all, a beautiful pass by Great Kyle throw. Trask. That was... It was unblockable. Like you can't, you can't really defend against that. Your only hope is to tackle Grimes at that point, right? That was yeah. a perfect pass, and the guy can't tackle Grimes, and Grimes just takes off. It was gorgeous. That was probably one of the best. But that's probably one of the best touchdowns. I put that in the top five of scores for the entire season for us, in my opinion. It's yeah. it's just kind of crazy because like I thought I, I I had made some tweets about this. I was pretty salty, so I was bitching about you know showing off mac jones is easy ass throws compared to kyle trask and um i think i even threw that i posted that grimes one but a lot of bama fans were coming and saying like yeah trask is just you know throwing it up throwing for a prayer he threw grimes open there and grimes made this incredible play like that was just yeah the the one-two punch right there on that play was insane the the guy tried to say that grimes uh, had offensive pass interference would have been an easy pick. Shut the fuck up, dude. Grimes has so much potential, man. Like I wish he'd come back for one more season just because I'd love to see what he could do. But he's a, uh, he's a monster. He's one of those guys that I think is going to be a better NFL player than he was in college. Yeah, I would agree with that. I kind of get, uh, this is not a one-to-one comparison because he's a better college player, but kind of reminds me of D Rob when yeah. he was, when he was in college, just like you could see the potential, but never really tapped all the way into it. Yeah, and even uh, D Rob had D Rob had this issue where he always ran out of bounds before taking a hit, mm-hmm. like consistently. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure I've seen real issues from Grimes. Like he seems no. kind of all around. So I think I think he'll probably have a better NFL career than D Rob. I'm sure. Good. I'm That's sure really D Rob would have been uh, you know better if he didn't have Bush Champ. But yeah, you know. yeah, maybe that would right. helped. Yeah, that was an impediment. <laughs> um, it kind of messes your development up, huh? Stunted growth. Bush Champ, so not even uh, once. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's let's touch just briefly on the bowl game. Uh, we are headed to the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma. Yeah, um, I think this is probably the single best bowl matchup of the entire bowl season. I think, yeah, on paper, this is the most exciting. I'm more excited for one other game, but this is the most exciting game on paper. I think I would agree. Yeah, this is uh, uh, for me. This is a 50 50 game. Um, I mean, this is like pure toss up. Uh, I wish that I could come out here and like talk a bunch of shit about how we're going to like kick the shit out of these big 12 pansies or whatever. But I mean, they're they're pretty good and we're probably going to have enough opt outs that um, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Until I see the opt outs, I'm going to be talking shit and we're going to beat the hell out of those big 12 pansies. Like it is going to be bad for a fair enough. Yeah. 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 Opt outs could really screw us. What's the what's the bowl game that you're more excited for? Oh, I the one that excited might might even be the wrong word. I'm interested in it. It's that Georgia Cincinnati game because mm-hmm. they yeah. only stand to lose, and I love games like that where we're not in it. Like there's there's only downside for them. Like we could complete not not only um, uh, validate Cincinnati, which I think a lot of teams don't want to happen, but if Cincinnati does win this, then that's a very big knock on Kirby Smart. Which again, I would love to see. So that would be a, a shit pancake uh, to cap end this shit season that Georgia had. And 
supposedly Cincinnati's defense is pretty good. So I would love to see them shut down this quarterback they're talking about for Heisman already next year. Yeah. Plus, I'm also seeing rumors that in the event that we actually do get uh, Dr. Grantham actually leaves, that Cincinnati's defensive coordinator might be um, Dan Mullen's top target to uh, try to poach from them. So it, it looks like he would be a great target. I don't know if he would come or if we'd be interested or not, but yeah, I don't, well, I guess that's uh, probably easier to get promoted to be from being, to be a hedge coach from Florida's defense coordinator than it would be a Cincinnati. Doesn't he have a high state connections though? Was that Marcus Freeman is his name? I thought he was like an Ohio state guy. Uh, his name is Marcus Freeman. But either and way. He played at Ohio state. Yes. Yeah. Um, and but he has only coached there as a graduate assistant in 2010. Um, he was at Purdue before Cincinnati, and but he's like considered like a top up and coming guy. But he might not get head coaching positions that he's looking for because you think about it, like it's Cincinnati. Like he, it's not. It's there's a big difference between being the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati and then being the defensive coordinator at Florida. Like if he can go to Florida and pull off the same defense that he's pulling off right now at Cincinnati, which is a great defense. Like they're statistically ranked in the top 15 in every category, right? Amazing defense. Um, if he could do that at Florida, he could get, he could be in the running for some decent P five head coaching jobs. Whereas at Cincinnati, I think his ceiling at getting promoted out from there is either taking over at Cincinnati when, when fickle gets poached or a lower level, P five higher level G five team like that's that's the difference. And, I think you know, I think and, everybody would be in agreement there for sure. And so the reason I'm excited about this game is I want to see if he's a real deal too. Because if Kirby Smart throws all over him, then I'm going to just not want him at all. He has Urban Meyer connections, which has you know Dan Mullen connections. So um, it makes sense. Okay, uh, do we want to go over our picks from last week? You guys want to do that now? Let's do it. All yeah. right. Let's pull up last week. Man, Bo Pelini got fired. I'm so jealous. Yeah. All right. So we had Texas A&M at Tennessee. And let's see here. I didn't write down what the lines were. Uh, it was 13 and a half. Okay. And Texas A&M won 34 to 13. Um, and all of us were on A&M. All right. Um, we got Ole Miss at LSU. What was, do you know what the line there was? Uh, okay. It was Ole Miss by one. Ole Miss by one. All right. And all and so Zlat, you picked Ole Miss, and then Tofu and I picked LSU. And the score was LSU 53, Ole Miss 48. So Yeah. Sorry, Zlat. I mean, um, I just wanted to see LSU lose. And then we got uh, Missouri at Mississippi State. Missouri by one and a half. Okay. Um, the final score was Mississippi State 51, Missouri 32. You guys both had Missouri. I had Mississippi State. All right. Damn. I didn't actually realize until just now. Wow. That's crazy. Like, I, I remember looking at the score at halftime and then just, like, not even thinking about it again until just now. Wow. Well, good for them. Yeah. Mississippi State's weird this year. Um, they've had a they've had a nice little resurgence. Uh, I thought they were, the like, the worst team in the SEC for a little while, but <laughs> they've... Uh, They've stepped it up, done some stuff I didn't expect. So what? Sorry, which who who were winners and losers there? Um, you guys lost. I won that one by a good bit too. All right. Um, then we got Florida versus Alabama. What was the line there? It was like seventeen and a half, I think. Um, yeah, we, 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 we picked, picked multiple Florida. lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all picked Florida. 
I think we all won that. I think we yeah. won. Actually, we we won probably both lines both times. So might give two points for each of us there. <laughs> Does it matter? Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Listen, <laughs> this, this is the SEC. It just means more. You got to earn these W's. Okay. We didn't put in the work. I guess so. That's fair. All right. Um, then Oregon, USC. It was USC minus three. And we all Oregon picked, covered. We all picked USC. We did? So, yeah. I God. really... I, Man, picked, I, I, I had this conversation about how I thought Cristobal was just a little bitch and that he was going to be, you know, resting on his fat yeah, contract and stuff. That. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not going to eat my words. I stand by it. He'll, he'll rest on his contract next year. God damn guys. We might be retarded. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Ohio it took, state. It took you this long to realize it then. <laughs> Ohio not- state Northwestern. <laughs> Ohio state was favored by 16 and a half. Oh my um, god! And Ohio State won twenty-two to ten. So, um, you guys both picked Ohio State, and I picked Northwestern. I will eat some crow. I mocked Hammer pretty relentlessly for picking Northwestern. I think at one point we even said you don't believe that. Um, I don't <laughs> yeah, know if that was in re- in regards to them covering or winning. You said you actually don't believe that, do you? Yeah. So Listen, I stand by what I said. Man, what it's, a not my, it's not my fault that they fucked that up. That was we were on the right side of history. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> these things happen. <laughs> Agreed. Right. It was, it's not us that was wrong. It's Ohio State that was wrong. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we got uh, Oklahoma and Iowa State. Iowa State was plus five and a half. I got that. Yeah. Um, Looks like o- Oklahoma covered. Oklahoma covered. You guys both just, picked Oklahoma. I just picked Iowa State. That was close though. That was a point. They covered by half a point. Yeah, um, that's one of those games that. Uh, I watched a little bit of it, and that was closer on paper than it actually was in the game. There was some Oklahoma basically like mailed it in for the entire second half. That's what it looks like. They only scored three points. Um, Louisiana Coastal Carolina was canceled. Um, Clemson and Notre Dame. Oh yeah, uh, the line there was Notre Dame ten and a half. Um, I think I'm the only one who got this one. And Zlat, you're the one that picked Clemson, correct? I remember my wins, not my losses. It's a it's a very specific type of memory that I like to have. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, next game was Boise State versus San Jose State. Um, all of us picked Boise State, and all of us yeah. were wrong. Yeah, we're just gonna like brush past Clemson, just absolutely ass raping Notre Dame like that. Like they could have won by sixty if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah, they could have. That was a beatdown. Notre Dame yeah. sucks. They shouldn't have made the playoffs. Okay, that's all. All right. Uh, Tulsa and Cincinnati. Um, the line there was Cincinnati 14 and a half. Um, and Tulsa. Good Tulsa. Um, you guys both picked Tulsa and I picked Cincinnati. So I lost. Yeah, that Tulsa Cincinnati game. I think uh, those G5 ones where you have like the undefeated team going for it, they always seem to be closer than you expect. And it's always like this really big spread. So I was just kind of, you know, expecting Tulsa to make it a game and still lose. And they did. Um, a little sad. I can't find the line for Air Force and Army, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was pretty low. And we all picked Army, and they won ten to seven. Yeah, uh, I think Air Force was favored. Yeah, if I recall correctly. Yeah, Army covered two and a half plus two and a yeah. half. Air so Force was three week, and two. Air Force was three and two, and they were favored over eight and two. Yeah, Army. yeah, that's it. Still doesn't make sense. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 
All right. Um, so, how are we doing this week now? Or the Bulls? Um, I don't have them pulled up. Do we, we just, want to? Yeah, they're all, they're like goals, they already canceled half of them. They're going to cancel some more. Let's just let's just pick some playoff games, and we can. You want to do that? Just pick. Uh, pick who's, who's we just pick the New Year's Six Bulls and and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let's do that. Like real all games right. that'll actually happen. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll start with uh, Florida and Oklahoma. It's on Wednesday at 8 p.m. And right now, Florida is favored by three. I don't know, <laughs> guys. <laughs> Sounds like you're struggling here. All right, I'll, I'll go ahead and pick. Um, I think Florida is going to win this game. Uh, I'm going to go with 42 to 37. No, okay. 30, 42 to 32. Nice random numbers. I think that still hits the over. Um, I think we're going to win 49, 49 to 45. Florida wins. Um, I don't want to be that guy, but... Do it. I don't feel great about this one. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma. I'll invert your score, Hammer. Uh, you were 42 to 45? I was 40... What did I say? I said 49 to 45. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go 45 to 42 Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going to win? Yeah. I just, I think we're going to have opt outs and. Damn, are you even a fan? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's, that's cool. Okay. We'll mix it right. up. I mean, uh, Wait, I, shoot. You go on. I just, like, their defense is better than ours. It's, our defense is worse than a Big 12 defense. Yeah, but their offense kind of sucks supposedly That's true but our defense is so know. bad that doesn't matter you know what hold on library card i gotta go to the library is card. this library card game final is it the first ever florida library card game yes it is all right this is a, it's a big day all right heads florida tails oklahoma yeah it's tails okay all right that settles it's it okay. cannot argue with the library card all right let's go next all right uh georgia and cincinnati uh uga is favored by seven give me cincinnati all right that's in Atlanta. That's Give me Cincinnati to win. Ooh, doggies. I like it. Yeah. Winners win. Kirby's not a winner. Yeah, I'm going Cincinnati. <laughs> Just do it. It's not hard, man. We, we, we all know what you want to do. You can do it. It's okay. I, I won't judge you. I I'm won't make fun of you. Anything. I won't say a thing. Yeah. So yep. I'm not saying anything here. I won't say a word. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. No, you don't believe that, though. Yeah. <laughs> <Well, cool. laughs> You see, second you see what happened, you said that to me. <laughs> what happened here is that Hammer expected me to lie and to actually go in on him, and I was ready to go in on you for picking Georgia right there. I was lying <laughs> through my teeth. I was like, I had all my insults lined up. I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be good, and you just stole that from me. <laughs> I was ready. Yeah, nah, that was the right move. Sorry. I guess I guess that was the right move on your part if you wanted to avoid that. So, yeah. All right, next um, game. <laughs> Alabama and Notre Dame. Alabama's uh, favored by 19 and a half points. I'll take Alabama. Yeah. Alabama. yeah free, sure. free money. 19 and a half. Is that it? Like that uh-huh. should be like 30. What was the, was it seven on Cincinnati, Georgia? Yeah. What was the number? Yeah. Seven and uh, seven, seven yeah. straight up. Yep. They're playing in the Rose bowl, but in Arlington, Texas, <laughs> <laughs> I guess As everybody's, is tradition. Migrating from, everybody's migrating from California to Texas these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Clemson and Ohio State. Clemson's favored by seven and a half. Give me Clemson. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go with Clemson. I'm gonna go. Ohio I do State. think this game is gonna be closer than the Alabama Notre Dame game, though. I think I think Ohio State can keep it a one score game. Yeah, that's fair. All right, uh, and then we got two more. I think right. That was four games. Yep. So we got uh, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Ugh. Uh, Iowa State and Oregon. Iowa State. I, Iowa State's favored by four and a half. No. Oh. Yeah, Iowa State. Well, I'm going Oregon. Hold on. Is is Matt Campbell staying around? Could he I leave? Think so. Nope, he's still there. Could he go to Michigan? I don't know. He could. Yeah. They haven't fired him Harbaugh yet. Give me, give me Oregon. I'm changing. Give me Oregon. You, Oregon. you can do Oregon. I'm just kidding. I'm going to pick one. Man, those are the most expensive games that are not a playoff game. Uh, tickets. Um, I, I assume there's they're limiting it to like 1500 people or something like that. Probably it's in Arizona, but like the lowest ticket is 350 bucks. Whereas the lowest ticket for the, um, George Cincinnati games, 130 and the lowest one for, for Iowa Oakley, state. They 60. actually have a surprisingly large and, um, active fan base. And it's not like they make the new year six yeah. every year. So I assume they're often. Um, yeah. all right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Iowa state there. What, which one of you was on Oregon? Was that you, that? You were both. both on Oregon? I was. We both did. Yeah. And then we got a game I'm actually, I actually think might be pretty good. Um, Texas A&M and North Carolina in the Orange Bowl. Give me A&M by a lot. A lot, okay. a lot. A&M's favorite by seven, so yeah. I would have A&M winning by like three or four touchdowns easily. Uh, give me UNC. Yeah, I'm going to take UNC. Should be interesting. We'll see how uh, how much A&M shows up for this. I Anyone think they I think they're going to prove it. I think they're going to be in prove it mode. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad we're facing Oklahoma, but isn't it weird that like they're putting us in Texas and then putting Texas A&M in Florida when they were supposed to be like regional shit? And like how how badly do you think Texas A&M said we're going to opt the fuck out if you make us play Oklahoma? I don't know. Texas A&M wants nothing to do with the Big Twelve, as far as I'm aware of. Since they've joined the SEC, they've got they've wanted nothing to do with the Big Twelve. Um. So it wouldn't surprise me if they were like, the only way we can make this work is if we move them to Florida. Because I think it'd been, I think even with opt outs, we would we would handle North Carolina easily. But um, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. They're like, they're like everything's going to be, uh, you know, regional this year except for a couple games like the Outback Bowl. Let's send Ole Miss and Indiana to Tampa. I guess um, I, I'm not I'm not sad about it. I mean, I think it's it would have been a little disappointing to get the Orange Bowl two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like the variety. I don't remember us playing in the cotton bowl before. I think that's the first time, isn't it? No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I'm not mad about what we have. I just think it's interesting that they're, they're saying so many times before the even bowls even happen, we're going to make sure they're regional, make sure they're regional. So people don't travel far. Yeah. And yeah, I guess Texas is kind of close to Florida, <laughs> in, but not really. Yeah. Like, um, but it's like, I, I don't, like with all of this stuff, it's like, you know, half of it is just like completely made up as they oh, yeah, go they, along. They fill in the answers after they pick. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to hop off soon, by, by the way. So I have, I have one more game I want to pick before I do. Okay. All right. What's that? Uh, the cheese it bowl with an all-star studded cast of number 21, Oklahoma state and number 18, Miami playing for the big box of cheese. It's. Miami is a two-point underdog. Oh, my God. That's in Orlando, too. Is it? I actually didn't know. I did not yeah, know where the Cheez-It Bowl was. It's in Orlando. It's wow. Orlando. Yeah. Boy, interesting. Can't, at Camping World Stadium, you're right. Huh. Yeah. So who? And, and another interesting fact that I just realized myself. 
both of these teams have orange as a primary color to play for the orange Cheez-Its. One of those things where I don't know how it matters, but I think it does. Well, Miami's logo looks like you could put Cheez-Its in it and eat out of it at a movie, so I'm going to pick Miami. Boy, that's compelling. Oklahoma State throws tortillas, which are basically just cheeseless Cheez-Its. I thought that was Texas Tech. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit, you're right. I can't keep up with those Big 12 teams. They're all the same. (laughs) Did they not do do something like that? Like tortilla throw, like nachos or something? I don't know. Tortilla chips, maybe? I'm so glad we're not playing Miami this year. I, I probably would like fuck that. Kill, I would kill myself. Kill it was like King versus Trask. Yeah, but I, I don't want to see it either. I agree. Yeah, but we would kill Miami. I just want to put. That yeah, on. I agree. Yeah, um, I'm going Oklahoma State. Yeah, I get Oklahoma State by a good bit. Miami showed what they do in bowls last year, and I think that they. Well, I pick Miami only for the arbitrary reason that I think you could eat cheese that's out of their logo. Yeah, that's, that's fair. You, know? you could. You could. It's a it's a bowl of cheese that's and it's orange again. Very good reasoning. Okay. So I guess uh, you got to go. So let's wrap this up. Thank you, listener, for anyone who's made it this far. Uh, if you get the chance, <laughs> please drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. And um, go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. I think Mac Jones is going to come back next year. You think he's going to come back next year? Mm-hmm. Who? Mac Jones. Who? My Jones. Two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four. My space, Mike Jones. Hit your boy up on the low. Four foes, I'm tipping. Wood grain, I'm gripping. Catch me lane switching with the paint dripping. Turn your neck and your dame missing. Me and Slim, we ain't tripping. I'm figure flipping and sir sipping like do or die. I'm pole pimping. Car stop, rims keep spinning. I'm flipping, drop with invisible tops. Hoes bobble, my drop step out. I'm shaking the block with four eighteens. Candy green with eleven screens. My gasoline always supreme. Got Dodo the brand with a pint of lean. It Taste grinding to be a king. Taste grinding to be a king. First round drop piece coming. Who is Mike Jones coming? Slap shining with the grill and woman. Slap shining with the grill and woman. I'm Mike Jones. Mike Jones, the one and only. You can't clone me. Got a lot of haters and a lot of homies. Some friends and some phony. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot hoes all on me. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot hoes all on me. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot hoes all on me. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot hoes all on me. Thank you.